Hello, everybody. Welcome to Following Jesus with Christ Church. My name is Andrew Vandermoss, one of the pastors at Christ Church. And I'm Addison Hawkins, friend, colleague, and co-host with Andrew. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we hope to share some observations and some stories about following Jesus from our little perspective here at Christ Church in Grand Rapids. One of the characteristics of Jesus's ministry as he spent time walking among us was his willingness and in fact his um, exuberance to receive children into his ministry. Suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of heaven. I actually think I just went King James there with the suffer the little children, but uh, wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, kids and the pandemic and some of the challenges and opportunities that are involved with that. And to help us do that, we invited our, our friend and colleague on with us today, Debbie Bukovietsi. Debbie, welcome. Great to have you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, tell us, uh, how are the Bukovetskis doing? We don't get to see you on a weekly basis. Uh, you and Sasha, you guys uh, making it along with the kids? Yeah, I mean, we're doing okay. We're still here. We're, I think we're not unique. We are creating daily challenges for our internet provider. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, every, all the kids are doing school from home. We're working from home and, you know, I think the very first day that we heard about the the stay at home, there there were a couple of moments when I thought, wow, snow day, you know, and there was this notion that oh, this is going to be great, and that lasted like maybe a couple hours, and um, yeah, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, the snow day happiness has definitely worn off for right. sure. Yes. For sure. I think this is our fifth week of doing podcasts, so that's kind of how long this thing has been going on. So your kids are, your youngest is a teenager, correct? That's right. He's in eighth grade. He, so he's in eighth grade, and then you have a couple in college. Right. Um, and then you're newly a grandma, too. That's right. Yeah. 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 Our oldest is married. They live in St. Louis, and they have a two-month-old. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, so awesome. Yeah, it's very sweet. So you 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 bring wisdom and experience to the children's ministry, but you're not necessarily in it, Addison. You are in it, right? With young kids, anyway. In what? Yes, of course. <laughs> in over our heads at times. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the throes of Theo is is he five? He'll be five at the end of May, and Louisa will be three July one. Okay, so so you're in that younger kid phase, and I think each you know our kids are similar to Debbie's a little bit over. Um, I think each age group probably has its own unique challenges, and we just wanted to talk a little bit about how do we journey with our kids at home. What are some of the challenges, opportunities, just in general, maybe with worship, some of those types of things, but. What what have you seen? I know Debbie, you've been keeping in track in, in touch with people around Christ Church. What what are you hearing? Some of the greatest challenges that people have. Probably the the resounding chorus. Um, the, the greatest challenge is just how do we figure out daily routines? Uh, how how do we just make it from when we get up in the morning till when we go to bed at night? Because um, most people have 
certain structures kind of built into their lives. We do such and such thing on Mondays or we every Wednesday do this thing. Um, and, and people are without that right now, utterly without that, you know, and, and at first uh, as well, people were talking about, Oh, well, the homeschoolers have got it made because they do this all the time. But I mean, it hasn't left them untouched either because, you know, the homeschool families have different co-ops that they do and different activities, but everybody to the very last person is home. Yeah. And sure. yeah. So I think, I think the, the lack of routine has probably been the biggest uh, difficulty that people have, have told me that they're dealing with. Yeah. What well, would you attest to that Addison? I mean, how is that with a five-year-old and a three-year-old? Yeah, definitely. I think, there's a lot of changing dynamics to what our household looks like from pre-COVID to during COVID, right? So our routines are up in the air. We, we've noticed that our lives were very focused around, and Debbie was getting at this, like events, whether that's mm. events for church, events for Theo's school, events with like play dates and families coming over and going to different places. Uh, we kind of focused a lot of our energy around where we're going to be. And now that's at home. And so that routine has completely changed. And we just have to think about how we shift that. You know, Andrew, you like to use the terminology uh, adaptive challenge. And yeah. so we've sort of thought about this time. This is like an adaptive challenge. You know, in some sense, we're really blessed, you know, still having work that, you know, I'm here doing things at, from home for Christ Church. But we have an adaptive challenge in terms of routine and with a five-year-old and a three-year-old, you know, their attention spans really short. And so the routines seem to change. I think that would be the hardest thing for us. Right. What about, um, and Debbie or Addison, either one of you can take a stab at this. What about like kids emotions during this time? How, how have you seen or heard of kids processing through kind of this drastic change that's come into our world? I think for, for very small children, it, it's remarkable. I, probably anyone who's had a child um, can attest to the fact that kids somehow pick up on it when something's not right. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, and so I think even the smallest children are actually being affected by this because they hear or they just sense that something is different and maybe they can't talk at all yet, or maybe they don't have the vocabulary to articulate it, but there is a level of worry that I think even the smallest ones take on simply because everything's different. Everything's new. Everything's utterly up in the air uh, and, and outside of the constructions that they had before. And so I think that's hard. That's hard on, on anyone. And obviously the adults have a, different way of handling it. But um, the littlest kids, I think, are struggling. And so I think I've heard from a couple families that, yeah, I realized my kids uh, were kind of acting up a little bit or, mm. or just really emotional or edgy. And I realize it's because they're worrying about yeah. this, but they weren't able to articulate that. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. I think in our own household, 
we've noticed a few different things, you know, Louisa being almost three, right? So we're not sure what she's comprehending from all this, but she does recognize the change in the shift. You know, first she thought I was just home to play all the time because I was now home more than I was before. She's not quite articulating some of the same things that I think Theo has been for sure articulating. You know, he prays at dinner time about the virus all the time. You know, there mm-hmm. is pre and post virus in Theo's mind. He, that's mm-hmm. sort of the way that he talks. And so he definitely knows something's going on. He knows that people are getting sick. He knows that people are dying, you know? And so I can tell that that's had an effect on him in terms of his emotions and the kids emotions. They're up and down. I think when we all are having good days, everyone's happy and doing well. When we're having some rough days, there's lots of lashing out. There's lots of crying and fits. And you kind of think everyone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. But, um, you know, it, it does seem up and down. For our little kids, it's hard to track, you know, is that because they know what's going on? Or is it just because they're five and three and they're stuck with mom and dad all the time now? What, what sort of advice would you have if you, to a parent who's noticing these things in their kids? Like, how would you help them navigate those? I guess it depends on the child, how, how old they are. The very first go-to would be to pray, to pray yeah. for them and to pray with them. Yeah. Um, if a child doesn't know how to articulate the, the things that he's worrying about or that she's afraid of you know we can you don't want to tell your kid this is what you're afraid of because what if it's not and then you bring up a new thing for them to be afraid of so that's not what we're going for but um but you know if if you see that they're upset about something or are you just you know that they're they're a little edgy um pray with them sit with them talk with them and say you know just br- you can bring up conversational topics and it doesn't have to be big and deep because when you're two or three, it's not going to be big and deep, but you can say, when I'm afraid, what do I do? And, you know, and bring out a scripture verse, God's word is powerful. Mm. You know, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. And you can say, Hey, sweetie, we're going to learn a verse because sometimes we feel afraid. Um, and sometimes we feel yucky and we maybe don't even know why. Um, so let's learn this verse from God's word. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. And, and maybe, you know, a melody with it and you can sing it or you can just memorize it. But God's word is amazing. And, um, and just in those ways, you can help your child know that you get it, that, that they're struggling. And, and I think it's also good to go on your knees together before the mm. Lord. It's okay for your kid to see that you're struggling too. Hey guys, we both need this. We all need to be praying. We all need to be clinging to the word. Yeah, for sure. That's really good. Yeah, I love that. Prayer, the word, singing, going together, acknowledging, hey, mom's struggling, dad's struggling. We don't have to pretend that we have it all together. And that that can be the vulnerability that actually really brings us close and helps our kids see an authentic walk with the Lord. Anything to add to that or other thoughts, Addison? Yeah, I mean, that has been very true of our time. I mean, just trying to not only model, but just live it out for our kids that mom and dad have to repent too, not only to one another and to God, but also to our kids. Like, 
you know what? I'm sorry. I got angry at you, Theo, because you weren't doing every little thing that I wanted you to do exactly right in the way that I know you should do it. You know, mom and dad are, are still trying to figure this out too, buddy. Like we're still trying to figure this out. We've had, you know, at least a half dozen, maybe more of those conversations a day. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, it is just one of those, look, if we can just be real with everyone and that's even hard too, because there's this tension to feel like, I have to have it together. Like I can't, I can't, it can't be messy. I should know what I'm doing. But the reality is, you know, we know some, but we don't know enough. And we're just trying to, to really help our kids, you know, a figure out who they are, you know, they're young, but B help them figure out who they are in Christ. That's our ultimate goal. We want to get them there. They're young. We're on our way doing that. And so we got to model that for them and live it out. Yeah. That's really good. You know, one of the things that's been so interesting about our our stay at home time is just not gathering for worship. And we don't have the normal sort of helps that we have in worship, other people around to sing or whatever. And I, I mean, that has challenges no matter how old your kids are. Our kids are a little bit older. Our challenge is getting them out of bed and getting them down to the living room for worship, uh, keeping them awake. Um, stopping them from making fun of a video of dad as it's going on on the thing. Uh, those are some of our challenges. I'm sure it's different with little kids, uh, just participatory, those types of things. What, what are some of, the, uh, some of the hints or observations that you might have about worshiping with kids at home? Debbie, you want to take a swing at that? Um, sure. I mean, I, I think one of the things is that it's not easy to take children to worship at all, whether you're yeah. going to corporate worship, you know, when everybody's there or when you're doing it at home, because our kids aren't born knowing how to worship. Mm. And so whether you're taking them to Christ church at 2,500 Bretton road and walking into the service, tumble bumble, um, or you're sitting in your living room, it's hard because yes, we were all created to worship, but the things that we know as adults, that these are how worship services go are not innate to our children. So, um, so I think that's the first thing I, you know, if, if we're serious about it, it's not easy. It's not easy at home. It's not easy. Um, when we're all together, but I think some of the disadvantages of, of worshiping disadvantages, a funny word, some of the difficulties of worshiping at home is that we do lose a sense of formality. Yeah. And, and there's something about having those structures in place that at least give us a little bit of focus. And that kind of goes back to one of the things that's so hard about being home all the time is we just, we don't have those formalities in our right. lives, those sort of hooks that we put things on. Um, so it's harder to remember that this is still corporate worship. There's also distractions. We have like 57 games on our shelf in the room where we worship, you know. Um, and, and also, I wonder if, if for children, um, it might be difficult and for their parents because certain behaviors that don't show up in your kids when you go out in public places, just because right. they sort of learn a public decorum right. um, to, to a degree, um, do show up when you're sitting in your living room. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, th I think those are maybe some of the, of the difficulties, but I think there are advantages too, because your kids can move around um, a little bit more freely. 
you can more freely say, okay, this is the time when we're going to say, Jesus, forgive us for our sins. Um, you know, you can, you can press pause on the right. service, you know, you can step away and, and you can instruct them a little more freely, a little more loudly than you might when you're in corporate service yeah, with everybody. Sure. So, I mean, there's great, um, opportunities for teaching, you know, teaching our kids what worship looks like. And we have yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I, that's really good. I think just even the opportunity to be involved, you know, to do it as a family, you know, if they can read to read the call to worship or part of it, or um, yeah, lead in prayer. Th those are opportunities that they don't always have in the bigger, the bigger um, arena. What what sort of things have been working for you, Addison, or what sort of things are you picking up on? Yeah, it's good. I'll start with a couple observations. One is that uh, I am very thankful for all the volunteers of Christ Kids Worship because now essentially that's what we're doing, right? We're, we're trying to worship and help our kids learn about and walk through worship together. Um, and, and, you know, on a serious note, it's been really hard. Um, I think Debbie was right. It, worship with little kids is always difficult. I mean, you know, we, we are always struggling with, okay, shh, people are trying to worship guys, you know, you gotta quiet down a little bit when we're at corporate worship. Um, but, but now I think we've really relished this opportunity. It took us a little while to get into a swing and I, I think we're still figuring out the mechanics of our swing uh, to talk a little baseball here for a second, but you know, we're, we're hitting our stride in one sense. So we, we've really enjoyed worshiping at home with our kids because of that personal interaction we can have in it. Like we don't normally get that on a Sunday with corporate worship. I, I don't, we don't get the opportunity to talk about what is a call to confession or why do we confess our sin? And what does a, a prayer even sound like when you're going to do that? And why are we forgiven of our sins? You know, and going a little bit beyond just the Sunday school answer, we don't get a lot of that time, but we do now. Like worship takes longer in our home now uh, right. because we're doing a lot more teaching. We're doing a lot more, well, not only that, but just keeping them in the same <laughs> space as us. <laughs> so there, some of those things have worked. One of the, the ways um, that, that we have sort of, uh, shifted gears is we definitely use the Christchurch uh, home worship guide, but we start off by playing songs that our kids know so that we can all sing together to get them into it. Right. Uh, we found that to be really helpful just because if, if we lose them early on, then it's just an uphill battle the whole time. And so we, we play the same songs every week and they know them. They're songs we sing before bedtime. And that really helps because then they're engaged. Uh, then they feel like they have a, a part to play. And we talk about that. This is sort of how we worship. We worship together. We're not trying to worship separately. We're trying to worship as a family. So that has helped. Um, you know, and it's a song and dance. We're just continue to figure it out as we go. We don't have all the answers. We found things that have been helpful. You know, we can list some of the other things in the show notes that we've found resources, those sorts of things. Um, but it's been, it's been nice, but it's been hard too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the way, just the way both of you talk about that. There, there's definitely awkwardness. Uh, I, you know, I feel that every week when I go in and try to preach this sermon in my office and it, it's not worship, you know, in the one sense, 
it's not worship it's not the gathered worship that we're used to and we're not really pretending that it is you know and so that's okay I and mean, if you have that at home and there's some weirdness with your teenagers or with your younger kids you know we just make the best of it and realize that there are opportunities with that too so i think that that's really good you know one of the things that we've been thinking about is just how do you keep an outward focus a little bit you know it's so easy and I guess everything is centripetal. It's pushing us in uh, centrifugal. How do we go out a little bit? Um, any thoughts on that, especially for younger families? How, how do you keep that outward focus? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, especially I think the younger your kids are, it's the harder it is to, you know, you can't necessarily do things that you can do when you're older. Um, I would say um, color pictures, you know, what kid doesn't love to paint or, you know, pull out the markers, you know, or something like that. Um, you know, and, and stick it in the mail, you know, and send it to, to one of the older couples in the church. Um, they would love it. Yeah. Uh, take it next door to, to an elderly neighbor or maybe need, even not an elderly neighbor to somebody, you know, but do things that they can do. Yeah. Yeah. And help make those connections like, hey, we want to keep serving people and keep pushing out. Yeah. Have you had anything that you've discovered, Addison? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different for our family, right? Because we have younger kids and and so it gets harder. But one of the ways that we've tried to help our kids um, think about their broader context in community, just helping them, you know, not forget about their friends and the people we're trying to serve is we just have been focusing on, um, you know, our neighbors every now and then just making sure we're connecting with them saying hi, you know, we did some Easter egg uh, sorts of things for our neighbors just go hide eggs in their yard and a couple mm. of them were empty and we would talk about, you know, the empty tomb with them and th those sorts of little things. Um, but then we also have done a, a book swap with other families in the church just nice. to help um, each other remember that oh, you got friends across town and we can still connect with them in just different ways. It's less serving and more just helping our kids remember that they're part of a community. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah, there are interesting challenges you know, with families and kids, and but it is an opportunity. And I think maybe that's where we want to just come back and remember that in the midst of this all, God is sovereign. And I'm sure you all have heard that. Those of you listening have heard that and, and, and rested on that as well. But, you know, we're not on plan B. God didn't so, somehow lose control of the universe. And we were on plan A, but now we're on plan B. And, and for our kids as well, uh, it's important to remember that. Well, we thank you for, for coming and, and joining us just for a few minutes. And, and maybe there'll be opportunity to have you back again, Debbie, and we can talk about a lot more things with regards to kids. You do a great job uh, with our kids and with our families. We're so appreciative of that. And, uh, and we love our kids and we love our families at Christchurch. And we want you to know that we are praying for you, staff level, the elders. And uh, if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We, we are happy to resource, support, do whatever we can to come alongside of you, especially during this time. 
Psalm 56.3 was the passage that Debbie referenced earlier. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I thought maybe that would be the theme of our closing prayer today. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you when we're afraid. We can put our trust in you. Um, Lord, we pray that you would help us to remember that you are our God, that you are our King, that you are watching over us, that you know every molecule of our body, uh, as well as all the big spaces in this universe. Nothing is, is too big or too small for you. Lord, we pray that you would protect us during this time. We also pray that you would uh, shape us during this time to be uh, followers of Jesus, to learn to trust and rest more and more on you. Thank you for Debbie and for her willingness to join us today. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Debbie, thank you so much for joining us. Last thing before you go, give us the favorite thing that you've baked during the pandemic so far, or that was baked in your house. Oh, Annie made a birthday cake for my mom yesterday. Chocolate chip banana. That is so awesome. It was so good. <laughs> wow, that sounds amazing. Happy birthday, Elda Walton. And uh, I wish I could have some of that cake. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want more from Christchurch, you can find us at our website, ChristchurchGR.org. That's ChristchurchGR.org. And while you're there, check out the Staying Connected during COVID-19. You can find other resources. You can find our latest podcasts, home worship guide, and other great things to stay connected during this time. You can find this podcast at any of your regular podcasting outlets, whether that's through Apple iTunes or through the Google Play Store. We're so glad you checked in. We hope to see you next time.